This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Mark Machigalupi is wrapping up his first summer as the Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager. We'll get a state of the fishery from Mark next. Got my fishing pool keys, tackle box in my hand. Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man. But the wife, she just don't understand. I love walleye, perch, trout, and bass. And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back. Because the fishes all tremble at the thought of me when I'm fishing for Bunyan Country. This is Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest, and you're listening to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Well, as we tend to do as we wind down our daily uh, fishing show and, and move into the weekly uh, uh, show for the rest of the fall and winter season, we, we do a state of the fishery. And Mark Bacigalupi, the new Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager, here to talk about it. Mark, welcome back to the show. Great to have you. Thanks for having me, Kev. So you're just kind of wrapping up your well, your first summer as the as the Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager. I know you're familiar with the area prior to that, but uh, what are your initial impressions after a summer of uh, working with these guys? Uh, yeah, um, I started in January. It's been a blur. It's been eight <laughs> and a half months. I really can't believe that. Um, but uh, yeah, been great to uh, work with the with the Northwest team. Uh, we have so much water and so many good fisheries in the region. It's, it's, uh, it's been interesting and exciting. Okay. Well, and, and of course, yeah, the Northwest region is full of some really incredible waters and, and really we had a a pretty amazing summer of fishing, particularly walleye. And what I mean by that is not only did we have great stretches, but even the downtimes were not dead times. Uh, I heard walleye reports basically every, every week this year, uh, on most lakes. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing from reports from the Northwest team. Um, I'm seeing that around Brainerd, uh, Mille Lacs, the large lakes. It's, uh, I had a good season myself and uh, consistent with what you've been hearing out there. Yeah, it's been really fun. Um, what has your team been telling you and what have you uh, experienced uh, that might be of concern this year on any of the lakes? Anything? Oh, concern, I don't know. You know, um, walleye fisheries, for example, are really resilient to having a couple year classes missed here and there. But, uh, you know, I will say we'll be looking, we're cautiously optimistic about our 2023 year class in some places like uh, Lake of the Woods and Lake Leach, where we'll be, um, you know, hoping that they're going to come through to uh, to fill in what would maybe be uh, some lower level reproduction on in the last uh, you know maybe two years. Yeah, it, so, so that's something we're watching for in our fall monitoring here coming up. Okay, uh, as far as this year though, it certainly didn't seem to be any any slow fishing as far as leech and uh, and Lake of the Woods went. I mean the uh, the catchable fish were in abundant supply. Yeah, we have a nice size assortment in uh, in a lot of the lakes around. You know, I would say that leech leech could have been categorized as slow categorized as slow in May, but then really picked up for periods in late May, and then you know slowed down again in July and August, and that does happen. You know, things like a big perch hatch 
um, which, you know, which are good for the, you know, for a walleye fishery to have that. It does slow fishing for a while, though, and, and so various places are are seeing those ups and downs and catch rates sometimes. And, and a, a lot of times it's not because the big fish are just disappearing all of a sudden or or being pressured. It's just that, hey, there's a mayfly hatch or, hey, there's the 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 perch um, got off a good year class and, and there's billions of them, you know, in, in certain places. So that's, that's some of the things you see. And that's the, the phone calls that come in at various times. And, and we're talking about that. Some of our sampling is able to get at that. Uh, in our large lakes, we, we do some seining or some uh, trawling. And then, and, and then sometimes it takes uh, one or two years to kind of uh, fill the puzzle pieces in or, or figure out what was going on, um, you know, in that, month of august in 2023 and and you know i'll I'll bring up upper red um yeah. of course late may and early june were were pretty much record um catch and harvest levels you, you pretty much couldn't go anywhere and and catch walleyes faster than on upper red and uh and that's a great thing unless you go over your harvest cap which we didn't <laughs> so so that's a good thing. And remember, we we went to a daily bag limit of five for the open water season there. Yeah. And um, you know, even some of the resorts were a little nervous about that. But but we did. We are staying under the harvest cap there, and uh, and could go into the winter with a with a anticipated daily bag of four, and uh, you know, anticipate fishing to, uh, and you know people to return to the lake in the winter. Um, for those nice 16, 17-inch fish that are out there. Wow, yeah, and it, it, it was a great, great season on Leech. The other two lakes uh, around here that I heard a ton of great reports on uh, were Bemidji and Cass. I, I heard nothing but good reports for those lakes this year, too. Yeah, and then, and as far as the other species, too, you know, there were some big perch on Cass. Um I fished cast myself a little and had had some fun out there. Um, even during the day, you know, it's renowned right now for a night trolling bite. But um, yeah, and and people on Bemidji too. Yep, absolutely. So, I, so good news out there. Yeah, and you mentioned perch, and obviously that is. <laughs> I mean, perch is so important for so many reasons. That um, it feeds other fish. It's a sport fish in a lot of lakes. And and I know there's been some concern about perch numbers, and in fact, in your old stomping grounds in the Brainerd area, a couple of uh, uh, of researchers doing a lot of work on the perch situation. But at least in a, a number of lakes here, uh, those there was a lot of perch, and that's always a good sign. Yeah, happy happy to say I, I participated in that study, and part of it was just that we didn't have the tools to assess perch at their smaller sizes, and and in places in a lot of places. Uh, Perch will, you know, mature sexually mature, reproduce a couple years and die before they even reach the size that we would normally sample them in our summer gill, you know, summer summer test nets. And so that was an issue. So we developed a smaller mesh net that that's able to sample those if you have a perch question. And again, a, a lake like Cass, they're growing great, and um, you know, growth rates are strong, and you get enough of them to get into that nine, ten inch size class where you have jumbo perch and people, you know, can keep them. And, and so there's various aspects of, of the biology and ecology of these fish that hopefully we're going to start having a better handle on over time here. One of the things we look so closely at and is so important in this day and age 
is the AIS situation, both uh, plant-based and, and animal-based. I know we had a few more lakes that, that found that there was some AIS found in. Can you give us an update on that? Yeah, you know, I should have had my uh, my list here ready for you, Kev, <laughs> but I, I could I could say that um, you know you've had that big slug of zebra mussel infested waters, you know, around the around the Alex area, around uh, around Brainerd, and and we've we've started to actually kind of pull through the the high intense levels that you get in an early infestation. And, and hopefully kind of started to settle back down into um, the kind of the new normal that it seems like in some of these fisheries it's going to be we're, we're going to be able to live with and and walleye populations are going to bounce back or respond to stocking like we've like they did in the past um, there are some instances of, of starry stonewort popping up from here to from here there and I don't have the the, the specific list but um, you know, um, it looks a lot like Kara, and so it's it's tough to identify. Or you know, I think sometimes it goes undetected for for a few years, and then if if it reaches a higher abundance, that's when it's a little more noticeable. So, so those are some of the flare ups we're seeing, and we're we're working with our tribal partners on on um, on some of this stuff. They have a a device where they're um, harvesting it and trying to do it with a filter system that. Um, you know, keeps the the seeds essentially from spreading, and so that, that's a that's a new area that uh, you know it's something else to to worry about and to work on. Well, you know, obviously one of the things we've been seeing expand in this area for the last five years is is zebra mussels, including Bemidji and the Cass Lake chain, and I think we've heard um, a couple reports or one report of, of something spotted in in Red Lake at one point. Um, you come from an area, the Brainerd Lakes area, where you, where you worked for many years before, uh, where you've, you've been through that war. Uh, talk about that from your perspective with a little more experience than those of us up here. It, at least on the short term, does not appear, appear to affect uh, the number of fish in the lake, but it does affect where they are. Yeah. We we go through that invasion biology where where the zebra moss you you don't know they're there for the first five years then they're they're really taken off once you're noticing them and the water it does clear up the water um, walleyes um, are sensitive to light so that's an issue for them they're they're scattering to different places you know the conventional wisdom was like well they'll go deeper. Well, actually, um, that isn't what we're finding. And, you know, a lot of fishermen are seeing, once they figure it out finally, they're actually up in the weeds and, and hiding probably in the shade of the of plants. And uh, so for walleye fishermen like me, like, I hate I hate fishing in the weeds, and I'm terrible at it. We're <laughs> <laughs> getting a little better at it because my, you know, my kids starting to fish bass tournaments and stuff like that, and I'm learning a little bit about that. But we all have had to adjust, and I'm, I'm hearing the same conversations, you know, around Walker and around um, Alexandria and Detroit Lakes that that we heard in Brainerd, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago, which is uh, they're shallow all year round, or you know, we have to troll at night, or we have to um, cast to them and not put the boat over them. Um, slip bobbering is like the new, you know, with the combination with forward-facing sonar. Um, slip bobbering is huge everywhere these days. 
because it's stealthy and uh, and puts it right in front of them. And, and even in, in clear, shallow water, you know, they might be able to get a, wall, a finicky wally to bite in that situation. So, yeah, anglers have had to adjust, and um, you kind of go through these these phases of adjustment or growing pains, and we hear these similar conversations that are starting to spread uh, westward. So, <laughs> well, um, obviously, uh, you know, we we don't know and we won't know for decades what the absolute long term effects are. But I think people in your business, you know, obviously have looked to the east, where zebra mussels have been a lot longer than they've been here, to learn some stuff. And and what have you learned? Yep, there's studies in New York and Wisconsin primarily um, that we've looked to. Um, it's it's of course it's always a little bit apples to orange. So the oranges it gets to be difficult, and then like in Erie, you've got gobies, and um, you know walleyes are doing great in in Erie. Um, so it, it it does get a little you know sometimes there's lessons, sometimes there's not. Um, the we think that. Uh, uh, potentially a little bit of carrying capacity loss when you have clear water like we're having, even though, you know, the energy doesn't leave the system. It really gets sequestered um, from more uh, wa- uh, the deep water areas, pelagic areas, and starting to get, you know, some of that energy gets sequestered into the shallow littoral water areas. Um, and, you know, some species take advantage of that. Um, you know, perch in casts, for example, we may be seeing a a crusty, um, a crayfish, you know, zebra mussel combination that's that's working for the perch there. So it's uh, it can be different in different places. Um, we are watching that. We have uh, we have DNR sponsored studies where uh, area fisheries offices are collecting information that's a little more intensive than they have in the past. We're we're working uh, in collaborative collaboratively with uh, universities like Bemidji State and with the University of Minnesota. Um, great researchers there, and um, you know, learn what we can as we go here and, and adapt. Okay. Um, as you guys uh, are wrapping up this year and going into the future, are there any big initiatives, any big projects we'd be interested in going on here in the Northwest region? Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned going forward here. The first thing I thought of is that um, you know we've had a real droughty year um, around Brainerd. It was as bad as anywhere, um, and some other places got a little more rain so you know winter kill was an issue coming out of last winter and then we had we're having low water going into the next winter so that's something we're watching you know most places bounce back really nicely um we in you know some places where we lose panfish we can we can restock those and they bounce back and growth rates are good you know in a winter kill situation we call those boom bust uh, fisheries um you know, in general, things we're watching, um, we uh, we did come out of a legislative session with um, some historic funding opportunities in in terms of hatchery infrastructure. We're we're starting a project in Waterville that's going to help our capacity to keep our walleye and mus- walleye and muskie programs uh, going strong there. In uh, in terms of getting fish back into lakes, um, there's a really neat southern strain of walleye uh, project that's going on where we. We think um, using a southern strain is really going to help some places in a, even go from a stocking situation annual or every other year stocking situations to where they can maybe sustain themselves by themselves. 
um, through natural reproduction. So some neat stuff there. Um, you're talking about things that to be looking forward to. Um, we got some funding to, to start working on a shore fishing initiative or improving our shore fishing and um, public water accesses that are out there. Um, and so that's something we're, we think is important too. You know, we want to, we want to provide opportunities for folks out there of kind of all different walks of life that, uh, you know, maybe you don't need the, the 20 to $100,000, uh, fancy boat to get out on the water and fish too. So something, something to look for over the next few years. Yeah. I definitely do not want to have to buy a hundred thousand dollar boat to fish. Who wants those, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I would want one. I just, yeah, yeah I, I can't. <laughs> we'll wrap it up with Mark Pachigalupi next. I'm Jason Durham, the smarter and better looking Jason, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hi, I'm Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Get hooked on Bemidji this summer where you can catch fish as legendary as Paul Bunyan himself. From panfish and walleye to pike, bass, and the elusive muskie, Bemidji provides an exceptional fishing opportunity for all. Immerse yourself in the Northwoods setting and experience the natural wildlife Bemidji has to offer. Find out more at visitbemidji.com. Bemidji points to further. This is Mandy Year, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. We are getting the state of the fishery with the new Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager, Mark Pachigalupi. What has been the biggest surprise to you in your first eight or nine months on the job here in the Northwest region? Oh, biggest surprise. Um, boy, you surprised me with that question. <laughs> um, you know, I think um, some of the interest in sturgeon that, that I've seen has, has been really neat. Um, we have a, you know, we're kind of in the middle of uh, when we look back 100 years from now, we're going to say, you know, sturgeon really started to recover in the Red River Basin, you know, in in the early 2000s and the 2050, you know, 2010s and 2020s. You know, that's what we're going to be saying. We, we saw that uh, that site where there's the kind of the famous uh, video that went viral of, of sturgeon spawning, um, you know, that happened again in the same location. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, we we had a kind of a state. We, the state uh, collaborated with the feds to um, to have our own sturgeon egg harvest this year out of the Rainy River, and that helps our uh, you know the actually the federal hatcheries raise those sturgeon uh, to fingerling size to be stocked um, in conjunction with tribes and with the state. So that's been a neat program, and um, and seeing that Red River Basin, um, uh, seeing our dam removal efforts or modification efforts out there have been really cool. Um, the Drayton Dam um, is the last remaining main stem Red River Dam that has that that uh, modification is almost complete now, where it's a the fish can pass above this rock, you know, that rock arch rapids that we replace a dam, an old dam structure with. Mm-hmm. Um, so just just seeing that recovery out there and the interest in it has been really fun. All right. Um, and, and, again, you, you spent a lot of time in the Brainerd Lakes area prior to coming uh, into the northwest region. 
Um, I'm always curious, you know, comparison-wise, uh, how do those the areas stack up? I know they're all great fishing areas, unquestionably, but what are the biggest differences in the bodies of water you, you worked on in, in the Brainerd Lakes area and the ones you're seeing up here in the northwest region? Yeah, well, it's like um, the northwest fisheries have a, have a lot of the nice attributes of the of the Brainerd Lakes. They have that size, you know. You have some big water. You have two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, five five thousand acre lakes, um, and but you have a few more nutrients in them. You know, you get a little bit. You're in in Brainerd. You have those mesotrophic lakes that are on the low end of you know fairly clear and um, you know, people love swimming and everything, and and uh, some of that little bit green water that you get out in the northwest, boy, it just grows fish. The fish grow fast. Um, you can recover with year classes very quickly. Um, you really have maybe ten times amount of um, of biomass in these lakes that than you might um, just slightly east where the where the soil isn't quite as fertile. So that's that's really the difference. You have the same nice folks out there you have bait, good bait shops you have good you know amenities to get people out on the water and uh and just slightly farther drive for some you know for maybe some folks from the cities is the only difference and so people can spread out a little bit too yeah that that is definitely true i think one of the other interesting things um about both areas is you know you've got those what i would call the the diamonds of the area, you know, like Lake of the Woods and Leech and Cass and the the lakes everybody knows of. And then there's that next level of just phenomenal bodies of water that uh, really not even all the locals know about. Um, it's just a treasure trove. Yep. It's really fun to see, and I and I uh, and I still don't know those diamonds in the rough yet, and I'm uh, <laughs> hoping somebody's going to tell me about them and, and bring me out there. Maybe you can, Kevin. Oh, sure. I can tell you about them. Uh, I don't know if I can help you catch any fish, but I can tell you about them. Uh, one, one of the other cool things, I do, and I, I guess I don't know if it's a cool thing, but certainly most of the anglers are very appreciative about the fact that uh, smallmouth bass numbers have uh, exploded in a number of lakes in the area. We're not exactly sure how, how they got in the lakes, uh, but nobody's complaining about it, and uh, that just seems to be another another wrinkle we have up here that we didn't have 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Yep. That's been, it's, it's been interesting. Um, it's hard to tease out all the factors. I mean, uh, you know, part of it is, is our waters, you know, slightly warmer than they used to be, which would, which would, um, give an advantage to, to bass over some other species. Um, but you know how smallmouth are, you, you think of them, with rocks all the time, you know, and it's some places they, some lakes you, you can picture, oh yeah, there's the rock pile there, but not every place, you know, has those, but they're, uh, they're an interesting fish because you can, you can see them over sand, you can see them on, in the weeds too. So, um, yep, bass are, bass are here to stay and, um, the level of appreciation for them and, and once you've had a, a, a you know, three just even a three pounder on your line it's hard to keep the grin off your face you know because they're fighters they're they're fun to catch absolutely well as you as we wrap up this uh this conversation about the northwest region uh as the new director um if you were a professor and northwest region was your students uh what kind of grades would they have right now 
Well, I, I have to say they have an A right now. Um, it's a, it's the place to be is to to come up here and go fishing right now. Uh, seems pretty good, and we're going into the winter in good shape. Um, we'll have a lot more information coming this fall on on how the 2023 year class for walleye is doing, and uh, all indications are positive so far. And and uh, we've seen a lot of perch out there too, and so and so that's always good for the future. Absolutely is. He's Mark Bacigalupi. He is in his first year, about eight, nine months in to his first year as the Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager. Uh, great guy. Love to have him on the show. Mark, thanks for taking the time today. Yeah, anytime. Hey, Sam, Bob, Bob, yeah. Country, country.